His name is Heston Blumenthal, our captain on board another journey to the centre of food. I'm Jay Taylor, your first mate for this adventure, along with our navigator James Winter. And today we have another great nation putting forward their finest chocolate bars to try and take the crown of chocolate bar kings as Canada enter the fray. So without further ado, let's meet our very own Mountie of the food world, Heston Blumenthal. Hello Heston. Hello Jay. Hello, James. Hello, I'm Chaps. trying to do that. You know that that thing on aeroplanes where the poor uh, the, the the cabin crew have to say goodbye, thank you, goodbye to like I don't know how many hundred, two hundred plus people, and they obviously must go through this period of time where they think, well, how do I say thank you, goodbye, two hundred different ways? <laughs> so I thought, that, how do I say hello, Jay? Hello, James. I'll, I'll, give me give me a week. I'll think of something for next week. But hi, Gat. Hi, Gat. Hi, Gats. Hi, hi Chise. <laughs> this is why you're not allowed to be the captain on a plane and give the speech. <laughs> Imagine, hello, it's your captain oh, yeah. here. Where are we again? Um, We're flying somewhere. Yeah, we're currently flying at 30 to the 20, 40. Um, uh, where are we going? <laughs> What's this button do? <laughs> <laughs> we mass panic behind you. <laughs> Uh, so what's been going on? What's been going on in your week? A, lo a lot, actually. A lot of great stuff around, but I, this is for another discussion about um, how emo... Oh, actually, it's not for another discussion because it's actually very much connected. Some, I made some really major, I think, breakthroughs and James and I did some, some new clarity on the incredibly complex world of of quantum theory and emotions and imagination. Um, and this was helped also um, by having to write an acceptance speech, an award acceptance speech oh. for GQ. It was the GQ Food and Drink Awards and I got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, well done. And it was, Congratulations. Um, That's a fancy it one. It was on, I'll, I'll actually, you get free I think soup? I've got it here. So, did I get the free? Well, I would have done if. Well, no, I, w I was going to say I would have done if I could have flown to the UK. Mm. Um, but uh, we we did it. We did it on the um, um, basically filmed it on camera on telephone. Oh, that's a bit rubbish, isn't it? But then there was an interesting story behind it, right? But in fact, this is connect connected to some of the clarity that I got this week, which is which is still a subject that is so, so complex we will i don't think we'll ever really fully understand it but it is so intrinsically what it is to be human uh so i'll, I'll just read you i'll skip through the um the uh i'll do the blah 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 when i some of this is the uh, well, uh what i said was that we recorded this to be shown at the event on sunday night at seven o'clock so i said basically hello blah 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 it's on a precious award recognition recognition of my achievement and a humbling reminder of the power of human imagination and memory without which our emotions disappear this was this was a really big thing for me the re realization that in fact imagination and memory without them your emotions are complete we won't have the same emotions our emotions will not are, are so linked and influenced affected and uh, affect and affected by uh, imagination and memory, which are so inexorably linked. So I said, to realize that my achievements born out of my imagination have impacted so many people in the world, I never believed it would be possible and feel so proud. For years, I never really believed in myself. Nothing was ever good enough. So to receive this award is incredible. Um, and thank you, GQ. I'll come back to that bit. That, just remember that little moment there because it's something quite funny happened. Um, but 
This Lifetime Achievement Award is for my achievements in, until now. I still have another lifetime ahead of me. For the last 25 years, I've been working from the outside in. However, as a result of my discovery that all the senses affect and are affected by our emotions, I'm now looking at my work and life from the inside out. Our ambitions make us human and can only truly exist with imagination and memory. Imagination evolved as the brain evolved to protect the changing gut and all this as a result of hunting, gathering and eating the food we cooked. So you could argue that cooking actually made us human. Although we are all in the F&B industry or the food and drink industry, I believe we are really in the business of emotion. Now, everyone in this room believes in the importance of sustainability. In addition to the incredible work now being done to sustain the planet, I believe that we urgently need to begin to imagine a new kind of sustainability. I got rid of uh, actually begin. We urgently need to imagine a new kind of sustainability. And that is the sustainability of human imagination, because without this, we will have no sustainability of any kind. It'd be impossible to come up with any ways of sustaining the planet if without imagination or memory. The late, great Sir Ken Robinson, who was a dear friend and a passionate believer in the importance of creativity. Um, <clears throat> uh, this, was, uh, this wasn't my last notes, actually, so I, <laughs> I reworded that. But uh, the... Basically, the late Sir Ken Robinson was a dear friend and a passionate believer in the importance of creativity. If you haven't watched his TED talk on how education is killing creativity, please, I urge you to take a look. It's not the most watched TED talk of all time for nothing. As a tribute and to honor the life of this great man, his daughter and son-in-law, Kate and Anthony, who run his foundation, asked me to finish this sentence, imagine if. I'm going to shut up now and leave you with my response. Imagine if we lived in a world without imagination. So lovely. that really, for me, was a quite a profound discovery in that we talk about thoughts and feelings and emotions, but in order to have them, you have to first have imagination and memory. So let's say you imagine you're crossing a bridge, a, 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 big, a big crevasse, and there's this, there's, just imagine this, there's a little wobbly footbridge with, with, with you know, a string rope footbridge across a massive gorge or a canyon it looks really dangerous but on the other side of this bridge is your pot of gold whatever that metaphor is for you your pot of gold um, you're so attracted to it you want the pot of gold so you're prepared strong enough attraction that you're prepared to cross the wobbly bridge you're prepared to cross your fears in order to get your pot of gold whatever that might be that's a positive attraction and your hormones the endocrine system there are they're called reward hormones so endorphins and dopamines and serotonin comes into this category as well they all they drive us towards things then behind you there's a tiger chasing you down oh god and so there is your negative so think of a battery positive negative charge there so you're attracted over the bridge the your belief becomes stronger than your fear to cross the bridge you're attracted to with your reward hormones then you have your stress hormones like adrenaline and um, uh, cortisol and stuff like that, which are designed to be repelled away from things. You, you use fear for you to run away for, to, for protection. Yeah. So you can only be attracted to the gold, uh, whether it's gold or not, whatever your metaphor is, because of your imagination and your memory. You're not born with that, with that imagination and memory. You're not born with what your pot of gold is going to be you know, when, you, when you enter this planet. Also, you can only run away 
from a tiger, knowing that a tiger or animals can eat humans and a tiger is a particular dangerous animal and an angry one, oh, blimey, that's even more dangerous. All right, pickle. So you can, only do, you can only do that with memory and imagination. So your emotion, your driving emotions and your repelling emotions are all generated as, as a result of imagination and memory, but then they affect your actions, which come back in turn, affect your emotions and your actions. It's like a feedback loop. Anyway, that was, that was my... That was my speech, but what we did, yes, yes, I've just expanded it, obviously, but we said, um, uh, so they said, can you about, we should thank the sponsors and all right, I was so focused on the, on the text. We were meant to receive, when we got back from doing our filming, James and I, uh, a bottle of champagne from the sponsors and the award from GQ. And I was going to have that with me, but. Uh, the, the the Brexit French postal system being what it is, it hadn't arrived. <laughs> so anyway, I, he said, right, uh, so thank you, GQ and Laurent Perrier. We were then cooking, quite frantically, two or three recipes new rep from, from this new book we're working on. And James had sent the speech over to, um, to GQ. It, and it arrived like two minutes before seven. And then... James, I'll hand over to you. What happened? It was chaos in the kitchen. We were thinking, is this speech going to... Well, this is a very fresh, this is a very fresh scar. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) it it transpires that Laurent Perrier aren't the sponsor of the award. (laughs) Who are? Firth Clico. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What did you do? Did it go out like that? No, it it did not. Luckily, luckily, it's a very simple, it was a very simple nip. Um, in the yeah. edits, so they w- uh, but I think there, w- there was some panic in London. I think quite a bit, of panic. Them- and I suspect <laughs> they probably don't want anyone to know this ever transpired at all. So, oh yeah, nobody <laughs> tell them. Anyone who's listening. Uh, but all, well, 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 the thing is, don't tell it had nothing to. It, it, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on which perspective you look at it. But for them, it was it was all it was all this end. It wasn't it wasn't their end. So I think to get they got it scraped. I mean. Having got it last minute, we couldn't do it until we'd received the award and the champagne. And they, the letter came through saying the champagne, it was on like a blank sheet of paper, is going to arrive on Friday. But we came back on Friday, it wasn't there. And, it, and everything's shut on Saturday. So it still hasn't arrived, actually. They should have left it in. I so, think it would have been funny. I think people would have found that. I don't think, I don't think well, Verve Clico were laughing. <laughs> I don't think Verve Clico would have been very happy. If I was Verve Clico, if I was Verve Clico, I wouldn't have been very happy. But it was funny. It, it, we, we scraped through and, and there were no children or little kittens. Absolutely. Nobody in was injured. There was no blood spilt over this. Oh, splendid. Well, Sorry, so that's, that's been part of my week. What a week. Well, we've had correspondence a couple of weeks ago. We did a, a rundown of some of our favourite sort of food movies which inspired us to eat and talk about food and talk about things. And this has clearly struck a nerve because people have got in touch with us. Kevin Dykeman's got back in touch, who is uh, responsible for sending us over massive boxes full of American candy before. Uh, hey, gents, hope all is well. Great list of movies. Glad you mentioned Burnt. I love that movie for some reason. Um, oh, and Le Chef with John Reno is hilarious. Uh, anyway, some you may have missed. No reservations, the American or German version, although I'm partial to the American one. And yep. um, Chef, 
with uh, John Favreau is pretty good. And he's not the only person to mention that. Jordan uh, also mentioned Chef. He says, it's a great film, stars John Favreau as a frustrated chef working in a fine dining environment where his creativity is repressed by the restaurant owner. He snaps, quits his job, and starts afresh running a food truck. And I really loved that yeah. film. I thought it was brilliant when I saw that. Um, Have you seen it, Jay? I loved it. I thought Chef was fabulous. Um, James and I did, 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 did talk about that for the list. We talked about many more. Mm. The trouble is, that list, um, we just, I think there were, as, as our conversations regularly do, we have a, a strategic order of priority and a flowchart system, which within seconds is just basically smashed and tried to be put to get back together again in, in a, any Don't random order. Don't ruin the illusion. So. We slave over these scripts. It's very <laughs> breaking the rules. We have our own um, algorithmic system. Exactly. We're- which we have yet to um, work out what it is. <laughs> Kevin also says Kevin's best one he says is the 100 foot journey from the director of Chocolat and the screenwriter Stephen Knight about an Indian family who ends up in France and the son starts cooking for the French stars Heron Millen I watched that the other day actually I wonder if that was uh, really we, discuss- we, we discussed that as well that's a great film I saw that on the plane actually and it, it is a great film oh, I'm glad you liked it opens a curry yeah it was a really good film opened a curry house right opposite a Michelin starred restaurant and in fact I, I I love being here. One of the things that I do miss is a curry. Can you not get I a good really one? Miss. No, I haven't even seen. I mean, I'm not in the most built up area. So I think if I went probably an hour away, uh, I mean, if maybe, no, maybe 35, 40 minutes away, I should actually try and look to dig out a curry restaurant. But there's certainly not one in the, that I've found in, in 15, 20 minute radius of here. Oh, God. But I, I should venture out to find one and then, and then, have incredibly low expectations then i might <laughs> i probably really appreciate it because i i've been i feel i feel starved i bet i think that would be terrible if there was and also i'd be really curious if you find one how it is viewed where you know especially out in the sticks where you are what because in my mind i imagine it's a little bit like the first curry houses i remember when i was a kid in the countryside which were there was yeah. one for each town and there would never be a second one in that yeah. town because it did what it did yeah with luminous coloured yeah. sauces, and that was it. I'm going to take one for the team. I'm going to. I'm going to try and find a curry house. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want you to I'm film yourself when you're doing Absolutely. it, and we can post that. That'd be great fun. Uh, we need, it, we need, <laughs> we need a picture, really picture of a menu and a picture of you enjoying something, don't we? <laughs> I wonder what the stuff's uh, called. Trouve, trouve, une maison de curry. Où est le nom? Hashtag. Who is my nan? Who is my nan? Who is my nan? Chicken coma. <laughs> There's a name of a new film there, food film, I think. Who is my nan? So, uh, but yes, uh, yeah, it's a very uh, good film. That I was curious what you thought about that. I felt like quite a recent film. I didn't realise that. I, I saw it recently on, on on telly over here. I didn't know it was that that we watched. It's about I don't know, but four, five, five years. Yeah, twenty fourteen, I, I think. I've got here Wikipedia. Oh, even older. No, oh, it's lovely. Now, talk about tenuous links. I wanted to talk to you about something that I love because we've been very lucky. We have a new sponsor who's come on board. It's the Masterclass Experience. Now, you've probably seen the adverts with a massive range of uh, famous people and very learned people and huge amounts of experts who do these incredible films. Their movie quality, as someone from TV, I'm really impressed with the quality of them. They do these brilliant films which just give you such fantastic insights into so many different areas. And I've been having a brilliant rummage around on there and I found some 
some awesome things. For Obviously, for all our foodie fans, Thomas Keller's on there. Yep, that Thomas Keller. I was watching a really cool video with him all about knives. And he literally just takes a load of knives and explains to you the knives that he uses, uh, why he uses them, how to sharpen them. Uh, it's really, really cool. And there's another one that I thought was brilliant because, you know, we're talking about sort of favorite food movies and things that we really enjoyed. Steve Martin, you know, such a big part of our childhoods growing up, one of the best comedy actors out there. Well, there's a great masterclass with him because uh, he's so smart and intelligent. And when he speaks, it's not just about acting he's giving you advice and ideas on how to be more creative how to learn how to sort of grow because he's also an incredible musician as well and um, there is a fantastic array of videos on masterclass i was really quite shocked just how many there are on there actually you you can learn from the world's best mind big names anytime anywhere at your own pace um, and you can learn skills you can learn ideas you can be inspired there's over 100 classes from really world-class instructors and learning the thing that you always want to learn is closer than you think so i'm going to be checking back and telling you all the cool things i've learned on there because there's some really good ones i want to delve into uh, and i highly recommend you check it out and the great news is we have an offer for you you can get unlimited access to every masterclass and as a Journey to the Centre of Food listener, you can get 15% off an annual membership. All you have to do is go to masterclass.com slash Heston. That's masterclass.com slash Heston. You'll get 15% off Masterclass and I highly recommend it. It is fabulous. I will be keeping you posted on how I get on with it. But for now, let's get to our main event on the podcast today and it is chocolate covered. Today, chaps... We are diving into the world of chocolate again. For anyone listening out there who wonders what we're going on about, uh, over the past few months, we've been lucky enough for our listeners to send in uh, various different, the best candy bars and chocolate bars from their home nations. And uh, we've had uh, American ones, we've had Australian ones, we've had some Swedish bits and bobs flying around as well. Well, finally, Canada got involved. Uh, Marco in Montreal, thank you ever so much for this, Marco. He says, uh, hi guys, it's my pleasure to offer you these candy bars, which all originate in Canada. Just a couple of notes to add. Growing up, much of Caramilk's advertising campaign was based around the Caramilk secret. What's the secret? Just how do they get the caramel inside the chocolate? It's not that complicated a secret, I imagine. But okay, that was that. That was that. Um, and he'd also um, love to hear our take on Canadian dairy milk, which he sent. And finally, does Heston have any experience with the ultimate French Canadian comfort food, post-drinking food, poutine? Poutine. Poutine. How do you say it? P-O-U-T-I-N-E. Poutine. I think I think it's poutine. I think. Poutine. Forgive me if I'm poutine. if I'm wrong, but I no, I've heard because I've had I've had um, several more than several great canadian staff over the over the past say 15 years and the name the name keeps coming up what, what is of, it do you know you what know, it is it, it's a form of no i was gonna make <laughs> well, it out i think it's a form it's a form of soupy brothy well, stew type I, thing i think and uh, I, I according to the uh, source that is wikipedia it is actually a dish of french fries with cheese curds topped with brown gravy so it's basically. Oh, well, I couldn't have been <laughs> to call it a stew soup would be even by my standards would be such a tenuous link. It's all right. It's a fancy oh. menu. Stewy soup. We'll yeah. Hang on, chip, cheese, chips cheese with gravy and, and gravy. Cheese. Yeah, some, but cheese curd as opposed to kind of melted sort of um, cheddar cheese. Do, do, it's soft cheese. Do you remember in London? There was Ed's Easy Diner, which was which was which I remember when I was younger was 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 incredibly popular as a. A, a, 
yeah, the day after, big hangover cure was, I think they were called wet chips or something. And it and it sounded like it. They were they were chips of gravy and cheese. Isn't that a northern some thing, chips and gravy? Mm-hmm. Isn't that something you do in well, the north? I, I, I well, first encountered I mean, it in Nottingham. So I don't know how north that is, but yeah, I think anywhere above mm. Junction We'll call that Midlands 15 so they don't or get something. Outraged. Walford, anywhere north Watford. of Watford, <laughs> just to get, to get people really wound up. Well, especially those I, yeah, of us I, from I, Watford. Uh, no, uh, um, it has been said. <laughs> it has been said. Well, I'm going to nail my colours to the mask here. Chips going anywhere near cheese or gravy is an abhorrence as far as I'm concerned. I'm not a fan of either of those things because you're making you're over squidgifying the chips, which is never a good thing. I don't uh, I don't well I don't know. I I, so I think if you've got if you've had your fair share of crispy chips, like in your portion, some soggy ones are quite interesting. And also think of fish and chips. It's it's amazing how conditioned we can become to certain certain dishes. Now if you had triple cooked chips or or French fries. Oh no. It wouldn't. No, no. It's got to be. It is, yeah, but it's got to be squidgy. But it's so, got to be squidgy because of the juices of the fish, not a load of well, gravy. Well, uh, they're just they're squidgy. They're wrapped. They were wrapped in paper. So all the all the steam. Then basically, after the chips come out of the fryer, they're then steamed soft again, and then you drip. Well, you, you might drizzle vinegar over them. Oh, drizzle it! God, and my so, wife has about a pint of the stuff. It's incredible. I, I love it. I love my eyes being near it. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's the smell of a chippy for me, that. Um, do you remember when they used to do but, it in the newspaper? Do you think it's funny now that the, the, the wrapping you get is fake newspaper? So they make it look like newspaper to wrap uh, it's when it. health and safety, health and safety get hold of things. Health and safety is actually, I mean, it, it, it's been incredibly beneficial for us in many ways, but also it's, it's had, um, it's had an, opposing effect in other ways so our own immune system is has has been affected by making our lives too clean and they went from i remember when they went from don't ever use wood wooden chopping boards are very bad so they went over to plastic and they harbor more bacteria so then they came back and said well the natural oils in the wood and that's okay so they reversed their decision on those oh wow you know it's it's um it's funny how phrases disappear as well because the phrase tomorrow's chip paper is so many is, is is sort of so wrong for kids now because for a start you're referencing newspapers so they have no idea what that is and secondly you're referencing fish and chips being wrapped in newspaper which is weird as well I mean that seems it does seem odd now thinking about it because it did used to literally be for our young listeners newspaper they would take the old it evening was. standard from it the previous was. day I, I tell you what I I never ever remember being able to read the headlines on a chip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> it wasn't ink it was fish went red were they <laughs> fish and chips ink that's a good thing. actually notice fish and chip shops fish and chip shops and barber shops seem to be two of the businesses the high street businesses that use puns the most so the codfather yeah and curl up and die was, was for hairdressers. <laughs> yeah fringe benefits for uh, hairdressers we need to do more in restaurants right you can get away with it at your next yeah. place that'd be quite fun oh they'd be quite nice <laughs> more puns we do love those so so talk out to just briefly talking of fish <laughs> good um, link another tenuous <laughs> Look link at that. i'll do it before i forget it's in the script that's page four so um um we have been sent after all the talk of um no food being intrinsically disgusting it, it can be disgusting to an individual um but there are there are foods that that would be more disgusting to a higher percentage of the world's population than other foods and one of them i'm holding in my hand 
Thank you to a very kind listener. Klaus Hammer. Who is Klaus, which is a great Hammer name. Time. Klaus Hammer. Klaus he be, Hammer. If he's not a wrestler, I'm going to be yes. very disappointed. Or an Klaus 80s Hammer. kind of electro yeah. pop star. <laughs> well, Klaus, thank you, because I'm holding a tin, a green tin. It's about an inch and a half. Well, the actual band around the tin is an inch and a half. The top and bottom balloon to such an extent it looks a bit like a burger bun. It's got more, it's, it's, right? You know, it's got bigger. It's ex- it's, it's expanding. I mean, to the extent that I, we'll have to do this relatively soon before it explodes. <laughs> and it's got a green band and it's called, I don't know how to pronounce this, R-O-V-O-G-E-R-N-S. Go on, give it your best Swedish. S, so, well, Rovergens, Rovergens, Sustroming, Sustroming, S-T-O-R-S-T-R-O-M-M-I-N-G. And it's got a warning. It says, um, Made for Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> not made is by it, Vikings. Is that all? No, by- <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but, but, oh, oh. And it wasn't doing oh, that to start off with either. Can you hear this? Yeah. When we first got them, it wasn't it's, making that liquid noise. Do it up against the mic. Oh, Do it no, up against sh- the mic. <laughs> it's not a noise you want to hear inside a tin can, is it? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. This I shouldn't have shaken it because that's going to expand even more. And so when James came to France... So, Klaus, thank you for sending three tins, which was spot on. Mm. One tin for me in France, one tin for Jay in London. I've got mine. Have you got yours, Hester? You've got yours, Hester. I've got mine. I've got mine. But the funny thing is, (laughs) I found after James left, I had mine and James's. (laughs) So, James accidentally put put two tins in his suitcase and then he accidentally put two tins in the drawer well, in my kitchen here. Just to my own defence, I didn't accidentally put two tins in Masukas. I thought we might open them and the one we recorded in France last week, but we never got round to it. But I did accidentally forget to put it back uh-huh. in my suitcase. To bring back <laughs> You're not to dodging it. this. Klaus sent three for a reason. You're going to go through Klaus, this. We are, going to, we are going to honour you <laughs> and everyone else listening. By I, I'll have my tin... James is going to be with Jay, and they're going to do a, they're going to do, to do it together. A double a double thing actually. Double thing. The first is uh, we uh, Jay was also very kindly sent a Canadian Cadbury's chocolate bar. So mm. James will conduct. I think the plan is to conduct a blind tasting of the of the Canadian uh, dairy milk with the English version. So Jay won't know the difference. But I think we better do that before <laughs> even opening this tin because I think anything for a period of time after tasting this. <laughs> this Canadian chocolate tastes like fish. Because <laughs> people write in and say, "Why does James okay. never get to try the chocolate bars?" We try and include you. We try and bring you into trying the food. No, you it's only Klaus that considers my uh, my needs. <laughs> Talking about which, we must now move on to our our Canadian chocolate bars. So, um, so confidently, uh, yeah. Marco has has only put forward three. Some of the other guys sent boxes but he's put forward three bars for us to try and i think we go back to the old sort of routine which is is it is it better than a mars bar or do we prefer it to a mars bar or is it is it can it compete with a mars bar as we remember it over here and we have a a, ca- a caramel a caramel a, a mirage and a coffee crisp so not a long way away from you know even though sharing a border not a peanut in sight compared to all those American ones we had, which were coated in peanuts, every single thing that we were sent on yeah. that front. So um, where do you want to start? I don't mind, actually. 
Should we should we should we go for um try and solve the the mystery of the caramel secret, which is how do they get <clears throat> okay. the caramel inside it? Which I imagine is probably easily answered with a machine with an injection device on it, but that's probably so not. It's, uh, it's got a lovely. It look the, the packaging looks like um um what's it called? What's the cat? Um, it's the cap. The color of the packaging. It's sort of brown and bronze. What's the what's the Cadbury's oh, chocolate? The, oh, galaxy. The galaxy but That's it's not Cadbury's, it. Though. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's looked like a galaxy coloring and packet. Cadbury's caramel, and the A's got like a keyhole where you put you put a key in it. But I love underneath in small letters. It's got fifty grams, but it says candy friandise. What does that mean? Friandise. Friandise. I don't. Know. It sounds. It sounds like it's a it's very exotic. Like a, French delicatessen. I'm you shout out the window. Sure, someone around there must know it. <laughs> Oi, Francois. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Philippe. Friandise. Uh, he just he just went. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know how to translate that. <laughs> he's on the way to the well, curry house. He's here. Friandise. Friandise. Uh, I'm going to look it up now. It's, it's obviously sort of some kind of maybe French Canadian as opposed to just sweet. Wait, ah, treat. ah, treat. Oh yeah, it's, but, I like I like the sound of that with friandise. I would have been I would have been well. Of course, you wouldn't put that on a chocolate if it was something not very nice. But it's a nice friandise. It's a nice way of so looking it gives, at it. It kind of gives the I don't know. It just makes it seem a bit more raffiné. Oh, okay. True. It has got. Hang on a second. It does say no. It says may contain peanuts, almonds, cashew, and hazelnuts. But in the actual. <laughs> this must come off. There must maybe this is off the same production line as the American chocolate bar. They didn't clean it out properly. There's no, there's no peanuts, almonds, cashews, or hazelnuts in the ingredients, but it might contain them. Yeah. So <laughs> interestingly, one of okay. the few facts I know about the Cadbury's caramel in Canada is that it's produced exclusively at one location, the company's Gladstone Chocolate Factory in Toronto. Ooh. So they must make an awful Ooh. lot of different uh, chocolate bars there. So this is an East Coast Canadian. So if you're in Vancouver, these will be shipped over to you, will they? I don't That's know a, how the uh, geography of Canada works, but I guess... Uh, the, the, <laughs> so geography most places. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long old way to get from one side to the other, I know. Uh, geography, yeah, I think I think it's got... Hasn't Canada got the most coastline? Is it? Or the most water coastline of any country in the world? It might do, because obviously you have to add the Great Lakes mm. onto oh, it. Some, of those, some oh, of those Great Lakes. Oh, it's like a torn <laughs> tissue, is it? No. <laughs> I love, um, I love, I Vancouver. I've had a, my best mate lives there, so I've had many wonderful adventures in that place. And it's, Vancouver, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so oh, are you going to? I mean, so far this so is I've pretty standard Cadbury fare. I've opened it, and it looks like a. Well, it it's like nice. A it tastes, to me, it tastes like a something you could buy in the UK. It tastes very similar in terms of the cho- the chocolate, the chocolatiness. Seems very Cadbury's to me. Mm. The caramel is nice. I don't think it's. Um, I've only got this out of the fridge for like 20... Well, it was 10 minutes before we started the podcast. It's so hot here. Oh, mine's it warm. It started to soften. Well, I've got a warm one. I have to say. Sorry. Talk you sure yours wasn't in the oven, not the fridge? <laughs> it's, that's really good. That is like really it. good. Now, do you have, have the, uh, really really the standard size or have you been sent the caramel milk thick? Which is... Uh, 50 grams. This looks standard size to me. Okay. Also, have you noticed they're normal size? They're not gigantic like the American ones were. Mm. They're all sort of... Oh, that's really nice. I, oh, it's really nice. It's got a slight... You know how sometimes... Um, you know how 
because dairy milk, remember they used to say it's got a whole glass full of milk in every bar. It's because there's no chocolate. Yeah. It's actually cooked milk. And, and you've got that slight, there's a slight evaporated milk taste at the end, which is really, for me, is very comforting. Child, yeah, it's like, yeah. it like takes me back to childhood. It's really comforting. I love it when you do that. You oh, describe I, those tastes. Cause that's exactly what I'm getting from. But I wouldn't be able to put it into words like that. But that is. Oh, that's that's a <clears throat> that's a cracker. I have to say. Yeah, I'm very. I don't have to say anything actually. Apart, well, I'm contractually podcast, obligated by Caramel. Some people by would prefer. <laughs> yes, yeah, some people would prefer. I said nothing, but I'm uh, on the podcast. Now, a quick word from I our sponsors, Caramel. <laughs> but is it is it different enough from the from the Cadbury's Caramel? Sponsors who? Is it is it um? It knocks socks off Galaxy Caramel. That does. Hands down. Easy. Yeah. I so you know the, the people the of Cadbury's me, are listening. Why don't we have this bar in the United Kingdom? We are notoriously large well, consumers maybe we of do something Well, else that's what I'm I, wondering. So we only have the caramel. Do you know? Yeah, there is a caramel. You know no, the, there isn't a Cadbury's caramel, is there? There is a Cadbury's caramel. You know what? Gal- Galaxy, for me, this is a personal thing. I love, I'm, <clears throat> I love, um, I mean, Whole Nut is one of the great, for me, one of the great chocolate bars in my universe, that is. Dairy milk and whole milk, I love. And um, Galaxy, it, I'm not overly keen on Gar- Galaxy. They have a patent. The reason I'm not overly keen on it is because the micron size is so small. They have a patent. <laughs> such a I know this sounds really say. anal. <laughs> but the mi- so the, the micron, the smaller the micron size, the smoother the chocolate. So it's like a finer emulsion. You know those chocolates you get in white boxes at the airport? The gillian gui- 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 or something. Yeah. yeah, they're like shrimps and stuff, and they're, they're milk and, and white chocolate. You notice they've got incredibly small micron size. The chocolate gets a bit pasty and gets stuck to your, can get stuck to your gums behind your teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the micron size in Galaxy, they, they got a patent, patent for that. That's why it's so silky smooth. But the micron size is so, so small, for me, it's... It, 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 it doesn't it don't get that wonderful feeling that chocolate can give as it just gradually melts you feel it all over you all in, you know across your mouth inside of your mouth um and a big micron size is the old caramax which were kind of grainy yeah like american so when chocolate, the micron size yeah exactly so the american chocolate will have a higher micron size so the emulsion is the emulsion particles in the emulsion are, are bigger i say it's almost crunchy you know what this is like? This, this is, is like a, a galaxy. Um, what was the one with the bunny who would sit car- caramel? Mm, ah, caramel. Ca- yes, it's like caramac. No, caramel. They were covered with caramel. Ca- galaxy. Caramel. caramel. Yeah, she was like, uh, what'd she say? Chill out. Is that the one about take your time? Chill out and That's, take your yeah, time. Something like that. Yeah. And she'd be all sexy and leaning against a, a sort of an oak tree eating a. Yeah, that uh, was it. I don't know if they still make those, but this is not. This is better than that, but it's not. It's it's caram- It's Cadbury's, well, isn't it? I, I believe they do. Cadbury's caramel. This is a, this is a winner. And in terms of how they get the caramel in, or how they get, there's, you can't, oh, you notice. Do you, now, who's, the, who's the, what's the chap's name? That's Marco, in, yeah, Marco. In, oh, so you notice. Marco I Montreal. Marco, I don't know Marco asked the question about how they get the caramel in, because maybe that is a question that everyone asks about this. Maybe that's part of their secret selling thing. Have you noticed have been something on the packet? Oh, now you say it. There's a question mark on the yeah. chocolate. There's a question mark on the square of chocolate. Oh, so it's so a thing, I wonder, right? Is that question mark the thing? Is that the big thing? How do they get that in? There are, I mean, if you have the base, 
I, I'm, I, 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 don't, I have no idea how they get this in, but there's, there's various potential possibilities. You know, when they make you, people wonder, think about um, after eight mint. Oh, yeah. How do they get that soft fondant when it's enrobed so in chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what they do is they, they make the fondant and it's got an enzyme in it. So when they make the fondant, they roll it out <clears throat> and then it's hard. Oh, wow. It goes hard. So they cut it into thin squares, which will become the soft interior. Then while the square, that fondant is still hard, they dip it in melted chocolate. Then they leave it. And the enzyme breaks down the proteins in the fondant and the fondant becomes liquid. Oh, clever so buggers. They, I had no idea that's how they did that. that's, that, that's how they do inverse it. So they, to you'd think. There is a yeah, they they could do it with this. Let's have a look if they've got So they could make a lump of caramel and actually dip the caramel in a or squirt it in a chocolate yeah. mold or something. Huh. Yes. Okay. Yes, calcium chloride bake they could and then because when you've once you've done that and you and, and the caramel is starts off being harder, it softens once it's been enrobed in chocolate. If you, um, you can cover, you have to put the base on first and then flip it, flip it. And then you cover the top. So you've got the little lumpy bits of caramel. Yeah. You pour the top and the chocolate runs over the side. And if it's done while it's all still warm, it will fuse together. So if, if you, do you see what I mean? And then it will melt. It, the enzymes will break yeah. it down within that. Yeah. I don't know if that's that's one option. So you've just solved it. The, the whole advertising campaign. They're not going to be our sponsor anymore. Now you've just ruined their advertising campaign. <laughs> well, I, don't, I have no idea, <laughs> but that's just an idea. I, I have no idea, but I do have an idea. <laughs> Paradox. Okay. So moving on, we have two more. We have the coffee crisp and the mirage. 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 Yeah. Uh, let's go for the mirage. The real bubbly now, chocolate. Oh, look, it's in French as well. <clears throat> chocolate au lait ultra ultra moussey. That's how you say that. But so I, I don't, I don't know what real bubbly milk chocolate, chocolate ultra mousseux, mousse, mousse, mousse. So mousse means oh, yeah, mousse, mousse like it's very moussey chocolate, and bubbly milk. Now my mirage, you find mirages are in deserts, aren't they? Um, mirages are in deserts, aren't they? Yeah, so the thing you see when it's yeah. really hot, right? Yeah, and also quicksand is, is you also find confined in deserts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now my mirage. Something in the travelling of this bar, half of my Mirage bar feels like quicksand, and the other half is is more. I think still as it is. Um, oh, is it all broken up? Intended is it? to be. It's broken it up. It has covered a few I miles. To be packet. fair, that bar. It's come from Montreal to Britain and then back over to back it's over soft. to you. Oh yeah. Okay. Can you see my all the my bubbles structure has all gone? It's gone so moosey. It's actually collapsed Ooh. on the one half. Hang on a second. Let me. While you do that, just yeah, having good. looked at the, the various marketing and advertising material I can find around this bar, I think I think you're right. I think I think it's USP Ooh. is that it it disappears like a mirage because it's so light as you eat ah. it, and so it's one moment it's there, one moment it's gone. Was it really there? That's it, a whisper. That is that's a whisper. But it, yeah, it looks like it's a whisper on arrow with um, tiny tiny bubbles. Oh, try it though, because I think that's actually got a different taste to it. It's like a nuttier taste than a whisper. I, quite, I, I mean, Whisper is one of the big hitters for me, but that is, again, really impressive. This is very close mm -hmm. to UK chocolate in terms of the... Um, yeah, I agree. Maybe slightly lower sugar and a little bit, because it feels a little bit more mature than British chocolate, a little less sugary. You know, I get, <clears throat> I get a tiny, tiny bit of coconut on the end. That's the badger. That's what it is. Oh, you're brilliant at that. Yeah, yeah. that's what, at just, the end, I'm like, what is that? Just at the end, it's, it's, a, it's actually, yeah, really pleasing... 
I can't. The letters are too small to see if it's got. So does it say? No. It well, say? the ingredients I've got here are just cocoa butter, cocoa mass, whey powder, lactose, lesser thin. Can never say that. Polyglycerol, polyricinoleate, and the natural flavour. Yeah. Whatever that means. Well, that, that could be coconut, that could be couldn't anything, it? Then. Could be coconut. Oh, that's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's also that's a that's a winner. Oh God, Canada's Canada's so far gold medal position. By a long shot, unless the coffee crisp falls at the uh, okay, here final we go. Hurdle. Coffee crisp, coffee crisp. This is uh, oh, I like the fact because it's obviously Montreal, isn't it? So it's it's I think it's dual speaking there. So we've had one Cabris, the Mirage, and this and Nestle. Mm. Oh, this is Nestle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, okay. Caco Aprovisione or something like that. Sourced hundred percent sourced cocoa. What's this one about, James? Coffee crisp. Well, this is. Uh, this is one of the older Canadian chocolate bars from the 1930s. Yes, I mean, it started off as a, a wafer crisp and later became a chocolate crisp. The bar was later introduced to Canadians as Biscrisp. And in 38, the, the coffee variation, which you're enjoying now, was introduced to the line of, of offerings and is now one of Canada's number one chocolate bars. And is very limited availability outside of Canada. So you're, you're very lucky to be able to enjoy one in France and England. James, um, I guess you don't have these bars. No, because <laughs> you know, I detected that you you are lucky to be to well, be yeah, able to enjoy them. Yeah, because they all have three really That's delicious chocolate uh, bars. Hester, if, if you had are. them, he'd have left them at your house. He wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think these ones you would have done. <laughs> well, we get people emailing and go, "Why does James never get to try them?" Yeah, why, why doesn't <laughs> James ever get to try them? Because you're the referee. You've got to keep yeah, us in line. Was this Marco? Was this Marco? Marco Montreal. Marco, there are three people in this podcast. No, he actively dislikes you. He was very specific. <laughs> oh, well, he didn't want them going to you. Job, sure. <laughs> so, I, I, what I've done, you could try this if you want, Jay. With my, if you can see my bar, mm. I, I took a, I took a vertical bite, so across the chocolate bar, and then I looked at it, and I could see layers. And as James was, was saying about the wafer, you can see it's enrobed in chocolate, and it's got it's wafers, but there's some, something else in that texture for me. Mm. I looked at it looked a bit sort of sweet rice crispy ish so what i did is then i took the bar you see horizontal yeah and using my teeth delicately just take uh uh you can remove a layer oh that's where the coffee is you've tracked the coffee down because i didn't get any coffee when i bit it before it's it's aero it's can you see there's it's like little bubbles there's a layer of of aerated chocolate that's clever, in isn't it? Because they put that in the wafer and it feels still light, even though it's got chocolate in the middle of it. That, right. And now I'm going to use my teeth to scrape the um, the bubbles on their own to see if it's that's where the coffee is. I'm surprised they've made a wafer, because that reminds me of when you go into coffee shops now, you can buy those little wafers. And for me, wafers are always the things you sort of used to get at kids' parties, like pink wafers. They're nice, and I don't mind them to dip in a cup of tea, but they're not a chocolate bar material. But that's actually surprisingly... <laughs> Satisfied. I love good. The Italians make some great chocolate wafer chocolate bars, and they sell them in coffee shops. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking like, of. That's like, what that tastes like. <clears throat> yeah. You know those um advent action adventure kits. You probably don't get them anymore, but I remember them as kids, where they'd be like a you'd get a big cardboard box with the perspex cover, and they'd have a, a water bottle and a set of binoculars and a pen knife, and they're all oh yeah, kind of, none of them really worked. The compass, but they were just you thought you imagine you were going on an adventure. Well, I've got. We've all got our own adventure kit inside us and, and many different tools at our, 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 our feet. One of our greatest tools is our teeth. Yeah. 
Yeah, I see so you just dissecting use this with your teeth. Split the bar open, um, peel the layers off, and then scrape off the coffee. I think it's a, a, like a cafe au layero layer. I tell you what, because when you sniff that, it's amazing. I could happily eat the cafe au layero. That would be fabulous. I'd yeah. be really into that. That's oh, really good, though. Mm. That smells amazing. You have to take I'll tell you what, I have to say, for if, if we were just extending those three chocolates, I mean, that's. I'm guessing Marco's Marco sent me, sent sent Marco sent us a, his pick of the crop maybe, but these three bars would have stood in the Premier League of all of the chocolates we tasted before. I think if I had to pick one for me, it would be if I, it would be the caramel if I had one. Yeah, I'm with you on that definitely. I think that for me beats beats pretty much any of the British bars as well, which is always sort of in my mind because of that nostalgia tie of the gold standard. Uh, I completely yeah. agree. I think Canada, unexpectedly, Canada have roared into first place. Uh, we must. I found I found a place in London which I think does um, Japanese bars as well. So I'm going to go and rummage around Ooh. there, see if I can get some Japanese chocolate bars, um, try and find what's, what's popular down there. So any Japanese listeners, do tell us what the most popular ones are in your country so I can try and see if I can track them down here. There, there is, if you have a look also, I know this is, this is sort of Japanese, but not Japanese, Nestle, Kit Kat. They had a whole range from green tea to rose and lychee flavoured uh, Kit Kats for the Japanese market. Maybe you gave me a green one once. I think that was. Yeah, that's a good. The green tea one is green. Yeah, it was like a tiny. They were tiny as well. They're little. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, fun size. Bars. Remember fun size. Fun size Mars bars. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Well, um, Marco, thank you ever so much for that. That was really, uh, really interesting. I think we've solved the secrets to how they get the caramel caramel inside the caramel uh, and uh, Canada chocolates. Fantastic. Um, but unfortunately. After having scoffed ourselves now, while James watches on enviously, uh, we have run out of time on this podcast, Heston. So until next week, we're going to have to sit here and nibble away on our chocolates. But for now, James, thank you ever so much for being there to referee our overeating. Pleasure. And Heston, thank you for diving once again into the chocolate box with us. Uh, we will see you again next week. Oh, that was great. Thanks, chaps. Uh,